We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The NBA is back. Where else can you get this type of drama? Where else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city? Home to your biggest rival. The battle of the lane is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Hurry, action. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Where else is history? Still in the making. Oh, my goodness. Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Now this is Ram football right here. This is the Ram football. The lead comes over. Peters comes over. He gets sued. Brandon Cooks comes over. I mean, you guys are loaded. Yeah. I like it. What better place to do it in, in L.A.? This is one of the hottest teams in the National Football League. We're going to win games. When you got a running back like I do, we got a front seven like I do now. Ooh. That's kind of what makes us pros, man. We can handle change fast, you know. The Rams. The Rams. The Rams. Rampage. Radio. Radio. You're listening to Rampage Radio Podcast. Here are your hosts, J-Rob and Jay. J-Rob and Jay. What's good? What's good? Welcome to Rampage Radio Podcast. This is your boy J-Rob right here, and I'm going to be running solo today. I am currently in St. Louis as my brother is back in Atlanta for the Christmas holidays. I will be here for the next couple of weeks. It's been tough to get together with the uh, change of schedule and different locations like we were doing before, especially around this time of the year where it's very busy. And not to mention, my brother has a newborn, so he has a little bit more responsibility uh, than he used to have. So, listen, we just got to go ahead and do a few plugs. Check us out, Rampage Radio Pod. That's on Twitter, at Rampage Radio Pod. You can also follow Rams Talk, because remember, we are a part of those guys, at Ramstalk.net. And you can follow them on Twitter, at Talk Rams. They got three awesome podcasts. You got Budding Heads, the self-titled Rams Talk Podcast, and of course, yours truly, Rampage Radio Podcast. So be sure to check those out. We're not going to waste any time, or I'm not going to waste any time getting right into this disappointing game. Everyone's disappointing, but I think there's a lot of overreaction going on, but some of it is warranted. And the biggest takeaway 
for me personally, in my humble opinion, is the fact that you did not try to establish the run against the good Bears defense. This defense was prepared. They were ready for this Ram squad, our squad, and they had a perfect game plan and they executed at a high level. They got tons of pass rush with just four guys and they played a lot of man coverage. And uh, dude, that's a tough team. The defense, you got to tip your cap. They did a very good job. But listen, Sean McVay did not run the ball. Jared Goff threw the ball 44 daggum times, only completing 20 of those passes. He was not on point. We all saw the game. We all saw the four interceptions. We know that one was a Hail Mary at the end of the first half, so that doesn't really count. And the cold weather probably affected him. If you want to sit here and tell me that it did not, you're going to have to do everything that you can to persuade me that the cold weather was not an issue. When you are from L.A. and you play in the warm weather, just like Tampa Bay, consistently in the warm weather, I'm not blaming this game for the cold. I'm just saying that it played a role. And there's no debating that because it's cold. When your hands are numb and you're trying to grip a ball, a leather ball, go out there and try and do that for you guys who live up north. Oh, wait, most of you live out west. You really wouldn't know what that's all about. But let me tell you, when I lived in Minneapolis, it was freezing out there, freezing. And granted, Chicago was not Minneapolis, but Chicago was freaking cold and it was 20 something degrees and it felt like 15 with a little bit of a wind chill, but there was no wind. So why Greg Leg miss a field goal? I can't tell you that. Maybe the cold weather had a role in that too. I'm not blaming the cold weather. What I am blaming is simply not running the football. How do you go from ground and pound with Todd Gurley against Detroit and then turn right around and only try to run the ball 11 times? 11 for a total of 28 yards. And what did he get receiving? Three receptions for 30 yards. He is the best player on your team outside of Aaron Donald. Nobody is debating that. And when you don't utilize your best player, that is not a success for winning football games. You take your best player out of the game, chances are you're going to be behind the eight ball. Now again, you got to tip your cap to the daggum Chicago Bears for stuffing the run. I think he ran for six attempts at one yard per clip, like the first and second quarter. But then in the second half, the Rams ran twice back-to-back, which you hardly ever see them do in the first place. Todd Gurley popped a 10-yard run, then he popped an eight-yard run, and then we got away from the run again. So when you are trying to throw the ball on a good secondary and a good pass rush, which Leonard Floyd played very well. Mack played very well. Those linebackers and Roquan Smith and Danny Trevathan are probably arguably the best pairing in the NFL outside of maybe Jalen Smith and your boy from Boise State, the old rookie Van Van Esch over in Dallas. So you got to credit these guys. I'm not getting away from that. But what I am saying is when you do not run the ball, how do you expect the play action to work? How? You can't say, oh, well, guess what, guys? We're going to fake this ball and run it up the gut or run it off tackle, and we're going to be able to throw it because we're going to fake you out. Well, no. When you don't establish a run in the first place, they're not going to be sold on the play action. 
I don't care how good you are at doing it. The Rams are one of the best, if not the best, in the entire league doing that. But when you can't run, no one's going to be fooled by that stuff. And Chicago was not fooled. You saw Khalil Mack lined up on the edge, and then they tried to play action. And guess what? He was covering Todd Gurley in the flat, and Jerry Goff had to throw it out of bounds because he was covered. Credit Chicago for their defense ability. It was legit, and that's exactly what you're going to see in the playoffs. Whether you see them again, whether you see Dallas, or whether you see New Orleans, those are three very good defenses. And when you can't make adjustments, you are not going to succeed in the NFL. And, and, and let me tell you something. This regime has done an outstanding job of making adjustments before the Fisher area or after the Fisher area. We saw Jeff Fisher never make in-game, much less halftime adjustments, ever. This regime is quite the opposite. But this game, you can criticize. He got back, McVay that is, to the daggum passing game. Pass happy, pass happy, pass happy. Let's throw it, throw it, throw it. Three step, five step, seven step, seven step. You cannot do that when you cannot run the ball. Throwing it 44 times is stupid. And he only got 180 yards out of it. Look at this. Robert Woods, 61 yards, was the go-to man, which he has been pretty much all season long. Robert Woods is a playmaker. And if you didn't see it, he went over 1,000 yards for the first time in his career. And he has been stellar. Look at that guy's contract. Are we getting our money's worth? Absolutely. Josh Reynolds, who is not Cooper Cup, and let me tell you something. I was proactive in pulling for, and still will, Josh Reynolds, but he is not Cooper Cup. If you're going to sit here and tell me that we are not missing Cooper Cup, I will slap you in the face. Because that is absolute not true at all. We are missing Cooper Cup. The intangibles, i.e. knowing where you got to go, and knowing what you have to do in your route, Josh Reynolds struggled with that. I'm not saying he's stupid. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is he is not Cooper Cup when it comes to the intellect of playing the game. And in McVay's offense, you have got to be smart. So, Josh Reynolds, three receptions, 36 yards. Didn't even try to... remember. Do you guys remember earlier in the year, Goff threw a ball up in the end zone. The dude didn't even go up for it. Well, that was kind of what happened on the Hail Mary at the end of the first half in this game. Didn't really have a chance to go for it. Why? Well, because he wasn't positioned. Same thing that happened earlier in the year when he had an opportunity. I'm Again, I'm not bashing Josh Reynolds. I'm just saying he is not Cooper Cup. He's not. And that affects your boy Brandon Cooks. And when you can easily double him up and you're not going to get beat deep. And that's exactly what Chicago did. They didn't get beat deep. And Jerry Goff tried to force the ball. And we've seen him try to force the ball the past two games. And the offensive line has kind of struggled the past couple of games. And the most thir- uh, most concerning thing for me is the fact that we are missing blocking assignments up front on the offensive line. Guys are getting through without even being touched. You saw that happen this week. And guys are not doubling, double teaming the, the, the D tackles when they're called to do so. And some guys are getting beat outside. There's just some mental stuff going on. And I'm not going to break it all down for you. I don't have to. Go back and watch the film. You'll see guys missing assignments. And if you've ever played the game of football, you will see that it's easy to notice that they are not doing their jobs. It takes a team effort. And when you make those mental mistakes, bad things are going to happen. What has also happened? Penalties are being raised up. No, not like the Jeff Fisher era, not the stupid bonehead personal fouls. You're just making mental mistakes. And when you go into an atmosphere 
like Chicago or New Orleans or Seattle, you cannot make these mistakes. You just can't do it, especially when your offense is not moving the football, which they did not do. Okay, Gerald Everett, we've seen him emerge over the past like three weeks, almost a month now, not quite. And that guy, he's going to be the stalwart of the tight end position in the future. And Higby has also done a good job, but he was pretty much MIA, as was Everett. He got four receptions for 29 yards. Higby got one reception for nine yards. Okay. So again, we are missing Cooper Cup. Offensive line struggled mentally. And the Chicago Bears just did a good job. Now, Jared Goff. There are a lot of critics out there that are flipping out and going back to the statement that oh system QB I've already seen it a couple times I'm not saying most people are saying that because they're not but I have seen that we all know that is not the case those of us that are watching the games in and out over and over this guy is a very good quarterback and we are very happy to have him and we're going to resign him it's only a matter of time until we decide to resign him only a matter of time now Jared Goff has not been very good these past few games he has not been as accurate He's had a little bit tighter windows to throw into, and he's had some balls sail on him. Now, like I said earlier, I do believe the cold played a weather. Weather. I do believe the cold weather played a role. That sounded better. And I think anyone should agree a little bit that that did happen. Now, a lot of people are flipping out about the interceptions. Some of the forced throws are uncalled for, and you want to say and hope that Jared is going to learn from those. You don't throw the ball in triple coverage. You don't take a shot downfield when they got a safety blanketed over the top and somebody underneath, and then another linebacker or another corner that's in zone coverage drifting back to that same area. You don't do that. That's just something that's just, you're asking just to give the ball away. And that is something that McVeigh has harped on with Jared Goff The entire career of the two guys combined together. Don't turn the ball over. Be careful with the ball. Hold on to the ball. Throw the ball away. Take a sack. Live to die another down if you have to. Okay? But this is not what he's doing right now. He's forcing the ball. Why is he forcing the ball? Well, let's look up front. Your offensive line has kind of given up a lot of pressures and given up some sacks. Are these guys tired? That's a valid point. When you pass protect and you have to jump out of your stance 44 times a game, your legs are going to give out. How are you going to give this offensive line an opportunity to go downhill and mow some guys over and let them get some continuity together and get in some kind of rhythm running the ball when you're throwing the ball almost every time? It doesn't work. It just does not work. Now, we've seen all the great quarterbacks have multi-interception games. You've seen five picks from Breeze. You've seen five picks or four picks from Brady. You've seen six picks from Manning. They all happen. The bad games happen. And this was just a bad game for this team all the way around. But again, you have got to credit Chicago, man. That defense was ready to play. They came with that helmet strapped on and they laid the wood and they were physical. That is exactly what they did. However, you're going to see this exact same stuff when you get in the playoffs, brother or sister. If you're listening, you ladies out there, you're going to see it. And if you are not prepared, you better just get ready to check out after the first, second round. That's if, that's if we went out and get a bye, which right now we're in position to do. You had a chance 
to maintain the top seed. Granted, against a tough Chicago team, which we knew we were getting into, but you had a chance to maintain that, and you didn't do it. Your offense stalled time and time again, and your defense went out there and made plays. Now, let's go ahead and move on to the defense. All right, we all saw the offense. I'm I'm done venting about not running the ball, okay? Everyone has their own opinions. You're entitled to that, and that's okay. I'm just a dude who loves the team just like you guys are, or gals. But we didn't run the ball. 11 attempts, that's that's retarded. Run the ball with your best player, okay? He's not the leading rusher for no reason. He got there because what did he do? He ran the daggone ball. That's how he got to where he was. All right, defense. This is a pass-rushing defensive line. We've seen this time and time again. We've seen the, the Rams get gashed over and over again up front. We've seen them do that. And Jordan Howard, 101 yards. Tariq Cohen, a 69 yards. Trubisky even ran the ball for 23 yards. People are running the ball against us. And when you're playing like a wide nine up front with Aaron Donald and Dominican Sue, and your outside linebackers are way out there and your linebackers are... Your middle linebackers are like five, seven yards off the ball. What do you expect? How easy is it for a center and a guard to to take Donald out of the play or to take Sue out of a play and get to the second level and block a running uh, a linebacker as like Barron, who's undersized, and a guy like Littleton, who some argue is undersized. It's easy to do that. And the Rams do not blitz. We never, ever, ever blitz. Hardly ever. And that is something that I believe that you have got to do more. If you're not getting home with four or you're not stuffing the run, it, send a linebacker, send a corner, bring a safety in the box and challenge them. Stop letting them beat you up front. We were getting beat up front. They were triple teaming Aaron Donald. Let's take a listen to this quick voicemail. Hello, this is Primetime, one of the mods over at Rod. I have two questions. One of them is, since um, Aaron Donald is being triple teamed and double teamed a lot of the time, what are the other members of the defensive line doing? And the second one is, um, since we are a pass rush aggressive kind of a defense, which is accounting for a lot of the the gaping holes that the opposing runners are running through, Uh, is it time maybe to make some adjustments in that? Because it seems like on every play we're trying to get after the quarterback and forgetting about the run. And no, I don't know what Wade Phillips knows. I'm just a guy at a keyboard. Hey, listen, thank you for your um, podcasts. I listen to each one of them all the way through. God bless you and take care. Okay. Now, listen, I just said this exact same thing that Primetime just said. By the way, Primetime, thank you for listening, dude. We really appreciate it. Appreciate you calling the the number here that we offer on our Twitter and uh, the post that we post at Rams on Demand. That's what he means by when he says Rod. If you're not a member of that, I'm going to give a plug because my brother is not here to bust my balls about it. Go and join Rams on Demand. It's a pretty dope site. There are a lot of cool people there um, who love the team. This guy is seeing the exact same thing that I'm seeing, which is probably what most of us are seeing. 
We ain't stopping the run, dude. It's been the same Achilles heel for years, and it still is the Achilles heel for this team. And you have to make adjustments, as I just said and mentioned earlier. Blitz. Run blitz on first down. We have Tlaib back. And listen, this defense is better with Tlaib in there. This team has not surrendered a lot of points. And I will say this. Let me just say this and be very, very clear. If you are going to tell me that we are going to give up 150 yards rushing every game and only give up 13 points, I will take it. I will take it. And the reason is, is because our offense has a track record not being stopped. But they've been stopped when you play good teams and they only put up they put up less than 25 points. I mean, they've still put up a very reasonable amount of points on even good teams like the Kansas City Chiefs, but they had no defense to speak of. The point is this. If you're going to tell me that we're going to give up that much yards rushing and still hold them to a low amount of points, then I'll take it. However, man, why not try to stop the run? Now that you do have a keep to lead back, yank your chain, brother. Why do you not play press man? Peters is good enough to cover number two, right? You have two legit corners. So why don't you play press man and you blitz just to change it up a little bit, just to put the opposition behind the sticks? Why not? Why don't you do it? If you're not going to get pressure with four or be able to have Sue jump in there and, and bust the hole open and stop a tackle for a loss, stop a running back for a loss when they hand the ball off, then gummit blitz. Corey Littleton's proven that he can do it. Alec Ogletree, for crying out loud, was able to do it. When they blitzed, they made a tackle for a loss and stopped and put the opposition behind the chains, as I just said. Make adjustments, but we just don't do it. Wade Phillips does not like to blitz, or he does not blitz. And so, what is going to change? Primetime, my man says, okay, Aaron Donald's getting triple teamed. Yeah, no doubt about it, because he's the guy that can beat you. You have to stop the guy and game plan around the guy that can beat you, and he's the one that can do it. And James Daniels, the rookie from Iowa that the Bears got on their offensive line, he did a good job. He did a good job. Yes, he had a lot of help from the other, from the center and the tackle, and they're chipping guys with running backs and tight ends. But you got to give credit to James Daniels because they they were ready. They were ready. That offensive line was ready for this Rams D-line. And when you got guys, as, as Primetime said, who are pass rushers and not run stuffers, which you would think that Adamican Soon is more of a run stuffer, but he hasn't really shown that. And I think most of us can kind of think that this guy is not going to be brought back next season. You could probably find his production and rounds two through four and what he's been able to do. I'm not bagging the guy. I'm just saying that's the facts. Find a big old dude that you can put up front as the nose tackle, like Vince Wilfork. A big old dude is like 300 plus pounds that can move a little bit. Now, granted, Vince wasn't a late round pick. I'm just saying a guy of that caliber with with a body size, the mass, and let Aaron Donald continue to do what he does because it don't matter who you put on that guy, that guy's going to beat you. I don't care how prepared you are, although James Daniels was prepared and this offensive line was prepared. Again, tip your hat. They did a good job, but still, Aaron Donald was still able to make a little bit of noise. Now, we didn't hear his name all night, but the guy was still able to make pressures and still make a couple of tackles for a loss in their running game. But still, 19 attempts for Jordan Howard and 101 yards, averaging 5.3. Tariq Cohen, 9 carries for 69 yards, 7.7. That's not going to hold up. 
That's not going to hold up. And when you have to rely on your own offense to do something, when your defense is giving you an opportunity, even though you're giving up a bunch of daggum running rushing yards, you still have to make adjustments. They still give up 15 points. Every defensive guy is going to tell you, well, we still gave up 15 and we lost. We got to do a better job. And they're right. But when your offense ain't doing nothing, that puts the defense in a tough position. But now we're seeing the defense play better. And they're going to have to play better, especially if this offense can't start clicking again because the last couple of weeks, they ain't really been clicking. Well, Denver, they did. I mean, Detroit, they kind of did. But that's because they used Todd Gurley. I already went through that. Cornerbacks, Hatfield, we know he went down. That's not a brutal loss, but it's still a loss. The guys played decently well when he's came in. And then Malcolm Brown, dude, that's a tough loss too. John Kelly's going to have to come in there and do something. And guess what? When he got on the field, penalty, block in the back on the opening kickoff, set you back. So it's like, guys are going to have to grow up. We're going to have to freaking see guys grow up before our eyes. And so far, we've hit on drafts. And we need to see these guys who are going to be making some plays, i.e. John Kelly, who we all loved in the preseason, to do those things on special teams as well. But defensively, you have to be pleased with the fact that they only gave up 15 points. But here's the problem. I argue with my brother. I said, listen, dude, take the air out of the ball to beat some of these other teams like the Saints and the Chiefs and run the ball on offense. And he argues with me that there's no such thing as taking the air out of the ball. Well, let me tell you something. That's exactly what Chicago did for to us. They took the air out of the ball. And they stopped us passing and they stopped us rushing because we didn't rush. And that's what happened. Time of possession, who do you think it favored? Chicago, of course, 36 minutes and 50 seconds to LA's 23 minutes and 10 seconds. That's that's not going to work when your offense ain't on the field. And even if it is, it's struggling. That's not going to work. Penalties. Like I mentioned before, nine daggum penalties. Nine. Chicago had six. And we've been penalized a lot lately. So there needs to be an adjustment adjustment there. Here's something that is more aggravating than all that. Your third down efficiency has gradually decreased over the past three or four games. We were at only 25% third down efficiency. That's it. And... When you look at a couple of weeks ago, our average third down yards to game was like six and a half. And that was when we were still putting up points. And and a couple of nights ago, it wasn't that bad either. And we still couldn't convert. But again, Jared Goff made mistakes. And Sean McVay said, I put him in bad spots. And we've heard that over and over and over again. And I believe the man. I believe him. And I still think we should extend him. But he was absolutely right when he said this loss was on him. A lot of it was. Now, I know the players go out there and play. I know that they have to execute. And and there were times when they did not do that. But this guy put us in bad spots. He did. And you just got to hope and know that he's going to learn from it. You have to. And I think it starts by running the football. You can't get so gum pass happy. Wade Phillips needs to make changes along the defensive front and the, in the front seven to stop the run better, especially now that Tlaib's back. So we're going to have to see what this team's going to do this upcoming week. 
And I'll get into that here in a minute. We're going to go ahead and take a break on the Rampage Radio Podcast. I'll be right back with you guys. You're listening to Rampage Radio Podcast. Welcome back to the Rampage Radio Podcast. Again, this is Jay Robin. I'm running solo today, as I mentioned. Uh, hopefully, we'll have Jay back on the podcast next week. If the schedules line up and things happen okay with this busy holiday season. Happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. We'll say that a couple of times over the next couple of weeks. Uh, but here's an early Happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas and New Year from your boy J-Rob right here. All right, let's go ahead and look at the Dagum Philadelphia Eagles. These guys are going to freaking be ready to play for something because they are still in the hunt and they still have an opportunity to make the playoffs. They're still, you know, when you watch the games, the Sunday night, Monday night, they give you all the, the division leaders, the wild card in the second section and third section, they give you in the hunt. The Eagles are in the hunt. They're six and seven and they're second in the NFC East right now. So they're going to have something to play for and Rams better be ready to play ball. Because if you don't, then you're putting yourself behind the eight ball. As I've said before, Chicago, they're on a roll right now. And you don't want to give up ground to them of getting the number two seed. You just don't want to do that. And you don't want to be knocked out of the chance of being the number one seed. Take care of your business. You control your destiny. Take care of your business. Let's freaking take care of these daggum eagles. They're 30th against the pass. So if you think for a New York minute that Sean McVay is not going to want to pass the ball, well, it don't matter what rank they are against the pass. We're throwing the ball. We are a pass-first team. And here comes another challenge. They're 10th against the run, with averaging giving up only 106.6 yards per game. I don't care how many yards they are giving up per game. You run the ball with Todd Gurley. I don't care if he gets stopped for one to two yards a pop at the beginning. Wear them down. As good as that dude is, he is going to end up popping one, busting one, 15, 20, 8, 6. He's going to start running downhill, but you got to give the dude the opportunity, man. But something tells me that we're just not going to do that. We're going to keep trying to throw the ball. And... Let's let's hope that Jared Goff doesn't keep trying to force the ball because the, the Dagum Eagles have a good pass rush too. Fletcher Cox ain't no joke, man. They, that dude ain't no joke. He's going to be bringing pressure up the middle and this offensive line needs to get it together. He needs to get it together. And then you got Brandon Graham, still a good player. Timmy Jernigan, ex-Florida State guy, not playing too bad either. Not to mention ex-Seattle Seahawk, Michael Bennett. No shoulder pads, kid. And let's not forget your boy Nigel Bradham. Good linebacker, sideline to sideline. You know that Nigel Bradham is going to be shadowing Gurley because he's an athlete. A dude's an athlete. So let's try and run the ball a little bit. Can we do that? Can we try and run the ball and actually see if play action will work since we are the highest rated team at play action? Can we allow that to work for us so Goff can have some time in the pocket to make some throws? Can we run the dadgum ball 
And if you decide not to run the ball and you really truly want to throw it, can we see some screens like we were doing earlier in the season? Can we see that? Can we see the jet sweep back in action again where there's a lot of motion and movement going on? Can we see that? Can we just see Todd Gurley touch the ball more than 13, 14 times? And that includes running it. I don't know. I don't know. On the flip side, we're looking at your boy Carson Wentz. And, you know, he's at about a completion percentage of about 69%. Let me check. And, yep, that's what I thought I saw earlier when I was doing my little study up research. 69.6%. He's got 21 touchdowns and seven picks. He's been sacked 31 times, man. So y'all better get after this dude, man. Y'all better be able to penetrate their offensive line and get after Carson Wentz and get that dude on the ground. Let's see that pass rush, man. Let's see Dante Fowler. Speaking of Dante Fowler, he was the only one to answer primetime's question. He was the only one that was generating pressure when Aaron Donald was being triple teamed. He was the only one. The other guys, Ibukam, Ibukam, however you want to say it, tomato, tomato. I like to say Ibukam. He didn't do a whole lot. And again, you got to credit the Bears offensive line. They did a good job. But this week, let's see us generate a pass for us. We got the most pressures in the league, and this game should dictate that number. That number should rise. That average should go up. So let's see us do that. But you got to be able to stop the run first. Who is their main candidate to run the ball? Well, Josh Adams and Corey Clement. Josh Adams has 83 attempts for 412 yards, and he's averaging five yards a clip, even five yards. So be ready to stop the run. Got to do it. Jay Ajaye, dude's hurt. Dude ain't playing. Uh, when they traded for that dude, that was just a, a bad, I don't want to say it was a bad move. I mean, they won a championship, but he's not, he's not the horse right now. It's Josh Adams and Corey Clement. Let's see a pass rush. Can we please blitz? Can we blitz? Just a couple times, man. Wade, man, just shock me. Shock me a couple times. Can we blitz? Can we play man coverage a few more times than we have been? I know that Marcus Peters really excels at playing zone and being able to have his eyes on the quarterback. I get that, man. But when you ain't able to stop the run, you got to put them man on man and get after the daggum running back. Get in the backfield, baby. Got to do it. And please, offense, let's score more than six points. I have no reason to believe that we won't score more than six points because I believe that we will. This is not the vaunted Bears defense that we just faced, and it's not in Chicago in cold weather, and it's not in uh, the opponent's territory, so to speak. So things kind of shift towards the Rams' favor. And by the way, the Eagles are heavy underdogs, which they should be, because the Rams should come out here and make a statement. Be like, look, man, what y'all saw was a fluke last week, but every team gets beat. And if we got folks who are daggum jack-legged up and, and, and hacked off because we lost. I'm aggravated that we lost, too. I'm aggravated about how we lost more than the fact that we lost. Dude, we are 11-2, and two, man. Relax. We are 11-2. and two. And we need, just need to take care of business and get back on track. If we peaked too early three weeks ago, okay, now we have a couple weeks before the playoffs. Let's get the momentum back and get into the playoffs ready to rock and roll. And ready to score 30 plus points on everybody. But when you're challenged by the Saints and the Dallas Cowboys and teams like that, 
or Chicago Bears, when that happens, you better be able to run the daggum ball. And you better be able to stop the run. Otherwise, you're going to get bounced. One game at a time. Let me get back on track here. One game at a time. Philadelphia. Let's get back on track right here. Can we just take care of business? Let's see this Rams squad that we've seen all season long. And I ain't going to sit here and trip, man. I'm not going to trip over the losses, as I just said. This team has shown me resiliency. They've shown me the track record of being able to dominate in phases of the game. And now that your defense is kind of coming together, that's something to hang your hat on. So we got to build off of that. Let the defense get ready. But the offense, y'all got to step it up and make a statement. Y'all got to prove that we are back. Don't let them fools start saying, oh, they peaked too early, man. Don't let them do that because everybody's starting to say that, all the naysayers. And for you fans out there that are tripping and going all ham on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, I understand it. I can I can understand and I can relate. But guys, this is the best season we've had in a long time. This is a brand new regime, man. This is the new NFL scoring a lot of points. I'm a defensive guy. I love defensive games. Watching Seattle last night, although I hate the Seahawks, as you all know, and I hate that they won, that was still a fun game for me to watch because I like defense. And again, it's promising to see that these Rams guys on defense are starting to play a little bit better. Thank you, Akeem Tlaib, for your return. Thank you for coming back and and providing the leadership and being able to read things and be able to hold your assignments and do what you got to do. Thank you. All right, folks, I'm going to go ahead and take a stab at this. My brother is the king of doing this, not me. As you can hear the music coming up, we're going to jump in a easy money section portion. I would not advise you to truly listen to what I have to say about when it comes to easy money and making picks. However, I'm going to give you five games. And if you want to take it, you can have it. If you don't, just spit it out and send it right back. The first game I'm going to look at is this Thursday night game. Uh, at 820, you got the Chargers at the Chiefs. The Chiefs are getting three and a half points. Uh, I'm going to take that bet. I'm going to take the Chiefs at three and a half points. You have the Chargers who are probably going to be without both the running backs. They're not going to have Melvin Gordon. And uh, my brother loves angry Phillip Rivers. And I do too. But the Chiefs, Mahomes, he's arguably the MVP of the league right now and probably will get that. Uh, and because Todd Gurley's kind of fallen off and Drew Brees is still in the, in the conversation as well as Aaron Donald. But Todd Gurley and Goff have kind of fallen off uh, of that MVP talk. They're still in it, but they've fallen off. I'll take the Chiefs at three and a half points. Um, the next game I'm going to look at, let's see here. How about the Cowboys at the Colts? The Colts are actually catching three points or, or the Cowboys are catching three points on the road at the Colts. Colts are favored. Uh, give me the Cowboys and the three points. Uh, to go in there to Indianapolis and to and to win, or or to at least get if they do lose, they lose by a field goal. I'll take that bet. Um, the Colts are favored. So the next game I will take here is the Eagles and the Rams. Eagles at the Rams. The Rams are laying seven and a half points. So the Eagles are going to get seven and a half. I'm going to take the Eagles. I'm not going to say the Rams are going to lose, but I'll take the Eagles in the seven and a half points. Because until the Rams prove to me they can stop the run, well, this that doesn't even truly matter. That's just what I think. And so that's why I'm going to take the Eagles. I think the Rams win by six or less. 
unless they just somehow get way ahead and do what they have to do. I don't know. So that's the third game. All right. The next game is the Titans at the Giants. And the Titans are getting three points. Saquon Barkley is on a roll. The Giants, Eli Manning threw three touchdown passes last week. And the, their defense had two pick sixes, I believe. Our ex-Ram, Alec Ogletree. No, excuse me. They didn't have two last week. Alec Ogletree has two pick sixes this year. Two defensive touchdowns on INTs. So give me, I will take... The Giants. I think that they will win. I pulled for the Giants way earlier in the year against Carolina. Won that one. I have no reason to to, to throw in the towel here. Give me the Giants. They're going to win by at least three points. My brother would he would probably uh, take the the Titans here. Uh, I'll have to ask him, and we'll have to talk about it on the next podcast. Uh, but I'll take the Giants um, laying three points. Um, let's see the Patriots and the Steelers. There's no line yet on that game uh, as far as si.com is concerned but however i would say if i had to bet i would say that's at three points probably favoring the steelers i'm just gonna guess i'm gonna guess i will take the patriots straight up whatever the patriots is i'll just take them to win to win the game in pittsburgh and lastly the saints are giving up seven points at the Panthers. I honestly think the Panthers are going to keep it very close and even potentially win this game. So give me the Panthers at home getting seven points because they've lost like five in a row. And uh, I just think that they're just going to have to play hard. They're going to have to do something because their season ain't quite over yet either. And if they don't want their season to be over, they're going to have to beat the Saints. And so they're going to play with a chip on their shoulder. Uh, in my opinion. So give me the Panthers getting seven points. So again, I took the Panthers getting seven. I took the Ram, or the or the Eagles getting seven and a half points. I took the Patriots straight up, which that line is not out yet. Um, I took the uh, Giants getting or giving up three points. And then I took the Dallas Cowboys getting three points. That's your thing. And uh, <laughs> as my brother would say, Go ahead and call your bookie. All right, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this show up since I went solo tonight. Really hope the Rams can turn it around. They really need to. We really need to see some adjustments to feel good, in my opinion, about three games left going into the playoffs. The defense needs to play well again and build upon what they've done the past two weeks. Let's get back on track, man. Let's get back on track and do what we know to do, which is win, baby. Just win, baby. We'll see you guys in uh, another week or so. As my brother would say, stay bad and stay boozy or bougie. That's it. And I'm just going to say deuces. Thank you for listening to Rampage Radio Podcast. Whether you host a nightly dinner party for two or five, keeping your eating and dining area clean helps keep your mind on the dinner party and not on the cleanup afterwards. Viva paper towels clean like cloth, trapping splatters and sauces that could become countertop stains or stuck on messes. And they're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. For an exceptional cloth-like paper towel, there's Viva. Visit vivatowels.com to soak up the clean feeling of home.
You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.